This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we watch sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Swamp Thing, Season 1, Episodes 11 and 12. I hate being part of the human race. I hate what they do to one another, what they do to the earth and sky. I'm ashamed to be one of them. I want to be what nature meant me to be. I want to fly again. A man can fly on the wings of his spirit, but not if the spirit is weighted down with bitterness and hatred or stained with blood. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast hanging out in the graveyard. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Was that something you and uh, your friends did when you were young, hanging out in the graveyard? We didn't really have a graveyard close to us that we could hang out in. Yeah, I didn't really either. I don't think, I think I would have been too spooked out. I didn't like anything scary as a kid, so like, I'd have been like, "Eh, I'll see you guys when we're back home in our pajamas. Yeah, definitely after dark. I'm not going to no graveyard. Yeah, no, no way. No way would I go to a graveyard after dark. <laughs> Daytime graveyards only, please. <laughs> yeah, makes, if, if I was a character in a TV show, it would be a very boring TV show. Almost like Swamp Thing. <laughs> well, before we get into this week's Swamp Thing episodes, Jordan, do you have a game or a segment or something for us? I have a little game, and it's uh, I'm calling it How Swampy Are You? And uh, it's re- it's really just questions, but but I liked it calling how swampy are you? And really, what it is is um, it's just uh, to, to kind of test your knowledge of swamp thing and swamp related activities. Mm, uh, well, I have very little knowledge of swamp thing, but we'll see how much I know about swamps in general. It's mostly just swamp thing. I really made it sound like it was more about than just swamp thing. But let's see where we do. So okay. let's start with question one. When did the character Swamp Thing first appear in comics? Was it A, 1951, B, 1961, C, 1971, D, 1981? Hmm. I, for some reason, want to say 1971, so I'm going to say 1971. But if it's not that, I think it's 1951. You're correct. It's 1971. Oh, great. That's fantastic. Question two. How many TV series and movies combined have there been with Swamp Thing as the main character? I think I maybe know the answer to this because I know there are two films in the 80s of Swamp Thing and then the mm-hmm. Swamp Thing show we are currently watching. Then there's the mm-hmm. contemporaneous to the show cartoon Swamp Thing. And then in, what, 2019, I want to say, 2020, they did the, uh, like, dark Swamp Thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to say five Swamp Things. You, my friend, are correct. It is five. Hey, Swamp Thing. So many kicks to the can and so many failed attempts. <laughs> Although, I will say, yeah. I haven't seen The Flash yet, so I don't know if he makes a cameo. Well, I didn't count cameos, because he does a bunch of cameos and stuff. I just did, like, you know, Swamp fair enough, as fair a character, enough. as the main character. Question three. Which famous director directed the first Swamp Thing movie? Swamp Thing movie, I said that weird. First Swamp Thing movie in 1982. Was it A, John Carpenter, B, David Lynch, C, Wes Craven, D, David Cronenberg? Uh, for some reason, I know this trivia that it's john carpenter but i don't know why i haven't seen it but i just know he did it and unfortunately you're wrong it was wes craven wes craven he wrote and directed the first swamp thing movie i am interested 
again, I watched both of these as a kid. I say again, I think I mentioned this in the first podcast. I watched the first and second, but have very little knowledge of it. I think at one point, maybe Swamp Thing grows like a cucumber penis or something, but that's all I remember. <laughs> that really stuck around in your mind for a long time. <laughs> I don't even know which movie it's from. Uh, question four. Uh, Walter Von Heun, who directed 17 episodes of the show that we're watching, which is, by the way, the most that anyone directed of any episode, is currently, as I looked up his credit, an acting coach. And he is an acting coach to what big movie star? Is it Sylvester Stallone, Tom Cruise, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Tim Allen? Mm, I want to say Sylvester Stallone. It is unfortunately Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow, I wouldn't think he'd need an acting coach, but there you go. He has been an acting coach on a bunch of recent movies, like at least three or four. He's been Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting coach. Hmm, there, well, there you go. Question five. What elemental title does Swamp Thing have? Is it A, Avatar of the Green, B, Protector of the Water, C, Avatar of the Wind, D, Guardian of the Galaxy? Well, obviously, we know he loves wind, as we saw in the last episode. He's a big wind guy. Um, but I'm going to say Avatar of the Green. <laughs> You are correct. He is the Avatar of the Green. He's like the Avatars of the Blue from the uh, movies, but he's green. (laughs) That's right. He came first. Which famous comic book writer has not written Swamp Things? This writer did not write. Alan Moore, Brian K. Vaughn, Scott Snyder, Garth Ennis. Mm. Which of them did not write Swamp Thing? I recognize three of those names, but not the third one. So I'm going to go, what was his name? Scott. Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. Uh, yes. It was it, was it him? Uh, it was unfortunately Garth Ennis. He's the only one who did not write Swamp Thing. Has Kevin Smith written a Swamp Thing? <laughs> no, but if it's anything like the Batman I read him, he wrote, it would be terrible. And I think you already know the answer to this because I had this written before we did the first podcast, but I didn't change it. So Mark Lindsay Chapman, who plays Dr. Arcane, played lead in what TV movie we've seen it? Is it The Omen? The Langoliers, Trapped in Space, or The Rocket Boy? Well, I obviously already know this is The Langoliers. We discussed this last week. Uh, great movie, top-notch, no notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I also going to say, Mark Lindsay Chapman. Do you think he went by all three because of Mark David Chapman? Yeah, I think he was like, I really want to be associated with them. <laughs> no, I think what my thing is, I think he added the Lindsay in there to be like, don't just call me Mark Chapman because then people will think I'm the other guy. Oh, I see. Yeah, it could be, it could be actually. Yeah. Anyways, so one of the producers of the show, this question eight, one of the producers of the show, Michael E. Uslin, or Ulin, I don't know how he pronounces his name, U-S-L-E-N, has been the producer on pretty much every movie or TV show or anything of this one comic book character. So he's a producer on Swamp Thing. And, and if you look at his credits, he has about 85 credits, and about 70, 75 of them are all just with this one comic book character. Is it the character Spider-Man, Superman, Batman or Iron Man? I want to say Spider-Man. It is Batman. Interesting. How do you think he ended up in that role? I think it is he's been with Warner Brothers. And I actually knew his name from the first Batman movie, the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie. And if you look at his credits, it is insane. It's as if someone in Warner Brothers said, if Batman's involved, this guy knows Batman and he's a producer on it. And he has, I'm telling you, it's like 70 credits. It's like every cartoon Every movie, anything that has Batman in it, he's an executive producer on it. It is bizarre. Do you think maybe... When's the first credit he has on a Batman? Do you know off the top of your head? I believe it's the first Batman movie. Do you think he perhaps brokered the licensing deal with Warner Brothers 
originally to bring Batman under the Warner Brothers like um, like production banner. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe it's that, or maybe it's a deal where it's like no one knew at the time. And he's like, hey, anytime Batman gets made, I want a little piece of it or something, or like a little non credit. Who knows? But it's it's bizarre. I'm telling you, you got to look at it. it's like. How is there's no way the guy's actually involved in any of this? Stuff. No, yeah, I bet you he did. I bet you he like made some sort of deal. He did the licensing deal that brought it under the Warner Brothers banner, and like when he made that deal, he made sure he got a piece of it. Like you're saying, he's just like, but anytime about I I did the negotiations, I got this set up, and I know Batman is going to be huge for us, and I want a piece of it every yeah. time it happens. Yeah, maybe. Which genius that man must be so rich right now. <laughs> I know he probably is. Question nine. Which Kirby Enthusiasm actor has their first credited acting role on this series? Ooh. Is it A, Jeff Garland, B, J.B. Smoove, C, Richard Lewis, or D, Cheryl Hines? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I really want it to be Jeff Garland or J.B. Smoove, but I'm going to go with J.B. Smoove. It is, unfortunately, Cheryl Hines. Oh. It's her first credit. I mean, no offense to her. She's fine, but it's, I'm not as excited. <laughs> And finally, and you might know this, uh, this is about the show we're not watching, but the 2019 Swamp Thing series was canceled. We never saw it. The cancellation was announced after how many episodes aired? Was it A, 1, B, 3, C, 5, or D, 10? Well, I know, I vaguely remember this happening and fans being quite upset. And I know it was like, well, I say I know. I knew it was John Carpenter earlier and I didn't know shit. But uh, I'm pretty confident it was one episode. It was. It was one episode, and I could be wrong, but I believe it was during the airing. They, like, tweeted, hey, the show's canceled, <laughs> um, which is, like, such a, like, even if you don't like the show, and by everything I've, I've read, it wasn't even so much that. It was, like, a, just one of those things, like, new executives or whatever, blah, blah, blah. They just decided, like, we don't want this thing. It's, like, guys, like, at least be nice to a TV show. You don't need to, like, literally do it as, as it's airing its first episode. Yeah, that's some, like, behind-the-scenes, like, political machinations there where, like, someone was out and the person coming in was just like, I, now I'm going to knife him now that he's down. Yeah, and I have to say, I haven't seen the 2019 series. Maybe one day on this podcast we'll see it. There's no way it's uh, it's worse than the show we're watching. Oh, I thought you were going to say, as good as this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way it's as good as this. No, no, there's a way. There's a way it's as good as this. Well, Jordan, let's get into it. Here's the IMDb summary for Season 1, Episode 11, Falco. Swamp Thing encounters Falco, who has come to kill Dr. Arcane for turning him from a bird into a man. Which is true, and it's a little bit of a shame because it sort of gives you the little uh, turn in this episode. It lets you know ahead of time. But did this guy as a bird remind you of any other characters we've seen before? Now that you're saying it, I'm pick, I can uh, some deeply buried memory, some trauma of a Birdman is sort of like bubbling to the surface. But I can't think of where I've seen a Birdman before. He looks and he's dressed very similar to the Birdman from The Rocket Boy. Oh yeah, that's right. It's the same sort of like kind of prosthetics. And when we're eventually going to see this guy Falco, who's um, part bird. He has his his wing hidden under a sling and you have it come out and it's like, it's too big. It's too big for the actor because it's like an actual wing, but it's just one arm. And you can see he just, he doesn't really know what to do with it. And later on, there's going to be a swimming scene, which is my favorite part of this episode because I think he was told, don't get that wing wet. But (laughs) he's trying to swing with that one arm sticking out. It's just, I just love how encumbered this, this, this prosthetic made this actor. Jordan, the character of Falco is not part bird. He's part man. (laughs) you're absolutely right however this may be a discussion let's say 
you were one thing and you become another thing. Like him, he was a bird, he becomes a man. If you were now 75% of that new thing, aren't you that thing? Like he's more man than bird at this point. He may have the, the consciousness and the memories and the attitude of a bird, a falcon, if you will. But is he not now a man? That's an interesting question. I guess the what it boils down to is he didn't want to be a man. So he, it, this was forced upon uh, him. You think intent is, is more important than, than the biology involved. Wouldn't it be as great if this became like a larger conversation where we're actually having like a real political discussion? Yeah, that would be great. Everyone would love it. Uh, we <laughs> would certainly have smart, informed opinions on everything. <laughs> no, what we're talking about is literally a bird that becomes a man. <laughs> At any rate, the episode starts and Grandma Savannah's dead. We're at her funeral. Yeah, and I didn't even know it was her funeral. I'm sure there was a line, but I didn't realize till later in the episode. I was like, oh, wait, was that Grandma? We only saw her like uh, somehow mysteriously lose her house and now she's dead. Yeah, I, they don't mention it's her funeral till very late in the episode. And I'm wondering now if, because um, there's a thing here where they're just like, it's like Jim seeing his mom for the first time in a while and he's like, mad at his mom because she didn't cry and she's having to explain that i cried earlier so i'm uh now i'm not i'm bored of crying so i'm not crying anymore at grandma's funeral but i wonder if maybe some episodes are reordered and this is supposed to like because grandma was nowhere to be seen that last episode to the point that like yeah. in episode 10 i i i'd made a note being like is grandma dead question mark i think you're probably right now that i think about it this is probably they just filmed a bunch of episodes and weirdly there was some light serialization unintended with a character they're probably like oh she's in for a few episodes oh we'll just kill her and then the person airing them didn't really pay attention and just put whatever episode up but the important thing is poor grandma she's dead we hardly knew yeah yeah and someone's watching from the swamp but it's not swamp thing this time it's falco i have to say i think they cast pretty well he's a kind of bird looking man and he's uh he's he's got a sling on one arm which I've already ruined is it's a wing. Yeah, it's hiding hiding a wing we'll find out later. <laughs> yeah. And he's got what I like though is he has what I'm gonna assume is like a rifle. Um Yeah, twenty two caliber rifle. Yeah. But what I like is I'm pretty sure you can only shoot a rifle with two hands. Like it seems almost impossible the gun he has chosen. Like and there may be some sort of comedy there if they wanna play with him being a bird but he doesn't quite understand how to be a human, which I think is too clever for this show and would have been too amusing or interesting an episode, but he has a rifle and is it going to have any problems that he's shooting with one hand? No. The only thing that stops him is Jim going, I think there's a guy over there and then he shoots and, and, and misses. And, uh, that's that. Yeah. I mean, he was never going to hit anything. He, he is one handing a rifle into a crowd of people. It was, uh, it was botched before it began. <laughs> the important thing is though, is who is this guy? What's the mystery? Who's he trying to shoot? What is happening? I want to keep watching. Well, it's so funny because, yeah, he opens fire on this funeral. And uh, the sheriff's office, like the deputy and the sheriff are also at the funeral. I guess it makes sense once we realize it's Grandma yeah. Savannah, who is loved, I guess, by this town. And they like they start also firing wildly back into the swamp. So Falco has to retreat. And my favorite part is like after it's all over, the sheriff takes credit and he's just like, that assassination attempt was against me. I'm sure of it. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, he said something like, "He's like, it's been a while since someone has tried to uh, try to uh, assassinate me, but no more." And I was like, "What?" It's like a lot of people do. I got a lot of enemies. <laughs> a lot of enemy in this town of probably seventy-five people. Anyway, Falco flees into the swamp and ditches his rifle in a tree stump. And uh, per usual, uh, once all the action's over, Swamp Thing uh, wanders out of the swamp and then. Uh, 
touches the touches the rifle and I, he just like turns it into trees like all his leaves grow out of it so now it's not working anymore i guess yeah this was a weird scene too because you would think so uh you know swamping the avatar of the green the protector of the swamp you think he'd be like hey what are you doing my swamp why are you here with a gun and he'd be like aggressive in some way or questioning but he just watches the guy and this was like isn't this a good scene where you could have had the guy explain maybe his motivations a little bit or you learn about it bit about him or even god forbid learn a little bit of a swamp thing but instead it's just the guy leaves a gun to hide it and swamp things like you're not gonna find this gun again i was like oh okay thanks for being passive aggressive swamp thing i don't know if you noticed but it caught my eye just just due to the general editing of the show but we get a shot swamp thing reaches out and grabs the like butt of the rifle sticking out of the tree stump and then they cut to a version and we see like leaves growing out of the butt of the stump and like it's turning into like a tree and something mm-hmm. but swamp hand something's hands nowhere near it like there's just like a it's just like a loose it's just a loose gun in a tree stump now with no one touching it and then it cuts back and his hand's still on it and i'm just like okay that's fine yeah <laughs> we've we've mentioned before the show has some bad editing so you just go all right sure anyway um we head to the wake and uh jim and teresa are, teresa are there they're discussing grandma's death and um Jim is talking about how just before Grandma died, she uh, took him aside and gave him a weird anxiety disorder by telling him he has a tin ear, he doesn't hear music well. Grandma like just gave him a, like this. I don't know why. Why would she say that to him before she died? I don't understand. I felt like there was like a, like a pun, like tin ear tenor. Like, isn't there like some sort of thing like? you're a real tenor like a singer but it's that he has a he's just not good at hearing melodies but it's because they want it to to pay off at the end of the episode by him it's actually that she was telling him to remind like to remember this song but yes why the grandma was mean about it i i i don't know jordan i have to correct you it does not come back at all this episode it comes back in a different episode where he brings up that grandma said I had a tin ear. So this is oh, that's unrelated right. to anything. She's just like, it's like grandma before she died told me I have a tin ear. And then it doesn't never comes back up and a different episode deals with it. You know what's funny is you're actually right. I forgot. I thought it was this episode. You're right. It's like that's the plot to From Beyond the Grave, episode 12. Well, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to have to give this this an extra point cuz they really know how to seed this and, <laughs> and build this world. So that's an extra for for Swamp Thing. Anyway, uh well, Teresa and Jim are talking in his room. Dr. Arcane just busts into the room and he's like, "Quick, Teresa, leave. I need to ask Jim if he got a look at the shooter." <laughs> I loved it because we don't we don't know after 3 episodes what the dynamic is between Arcane and the mother. I'm assuming she doesn't know he's evil. She's maybe kind of interested in his advances we don't know because she's such a bad character she's so two-dimensional we don't know anything about her we know a little bit more about arcane but they're at least comfortable enough that he's at the funeral he's a friend of the family he's still kind of hitting on her maybe but yes i like that the mom's just like some guy she kind of knows just like hey i'd like to question your son and she's like the police already questioned me he's like i'd like to question him she's like sounds good to me she leaves the room yeah it's very funny yeah and she leaves the room just leave him and so he tells uh, arcane blah 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 about um uh about the guy's sling i think is what he said he's like he's like uh, what did the guy look like he's like he kind of looked like a a man that maybe used to be a bird at one point he's like interesting <laughs> did did he have a sling and he's like he did have a sling he's like what arm he's like i guarantee it was his it was his right arm he's like interesting interesting that w- that sling wouldn't cover like 
a, a, a Birdman's wing, would it? And Jim's like, seems weird to me. And like, all right, no more questions. You're definitely implying uh, that Arcane gets more out of this conversation than he does because what we get, <laughs> I know. it goes from this scene to Arcane, like I guess driving home from the wake, and we see Falco. He's watching him from outside of a a bird store, living the birds free. Because as we'll come to learn, this is a he was a bird, so he yeah. feels for them, and. Dr. Arcane yeah. goes inside his lab <laughs> and he puts on a slideshow as if he's trying to figure out which one of his mutants this could have been who came after him. But the slideshow is literally like makeup tests the makeup department was doing. Like at one point you see like a door with like mm-hmm. a name plaque behind it. Like this is clearly just like a bunch of different costume tests they did at some point. And th- this is the slideshow he's watching. Yeah. I'm just going to, before we get back to this, I just want to say one scene we didn't. Uh, we didn't mention because it has no purpose to anything, but I liked it was uh, after he's he's dealing with Jim and stuff, Arcane goes to the mom. He's like, so do you think like I come back for tea at some point? Like I make a good sandwich. She's like, nope. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, why, why is this scene in the episode? It didn't build us anything. Anyways, um, we didn't learn anything about the characters, but um, yes, he's looking at these slideshows and he's like, it's like different freaks he's made that he's left in a curiosity store or something for some reason. Anyways, that's where he goes to look at pictures of people he has made for reasons. And uh, um, we see that one of the guys he made was a bird man. And you as a viewer are like, ah, Gazooks, I put it together. This guy's part bird. And uh, Falco gets a chance to look in on him watching these slides when uh, one of the doves he released, I guess, gives bird language to him to be like, hey, check it out. Falco's in here. And he's like, oh, good. Thank you. Oh, do you think that's what the bird did? I mean, I have to assume, like, it started tweeting, and he looks up, he's like, oh, thanks, bird, I just let go. I, I I assumed it was all bird talk. You're probably right. I didn't catch that. I just thought it was like, hey, birds. Anyway, now that Falco knows where Arcane is, he goes back to the swamp to get his rifle, but he's confronted by Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And Falco tells Swamp Thing that he'd been planning that assassination for weeks and I was like, you planned that fire wildly into a crowd for weeks? <laughs> to be fair, he's literally bird-brained. He has, he has a bird brain. This is, this is the best he could come up with. But this is where he reveals that he is a bird who, or a man who was previously a bird. He was a peregrine falcon that uh, Arcane kidnapped and like, I have no idea the genetic process of turning a bird into a man, but he only got 75% of the way there, and he reveals his big bird wing, or one arm's a big bird wing, and um, Swamp Thing recommends to him that he maybe just get used to it. (laughs) This is, I have to say, this is classic Swamp Thing, as we've learned in this episode uh, and in previous episodes, where his answer is a lot of, Man, just, I don't know, just like go with it. And what I think it is, is Swamp Thing just wants to be left alone. So anytime someone comes around and asks him for advice or help or anything, he's just like, I don't know, maybe like just try again or just get used to it or just like turn the other cheek. Don't worry about it. It's like, I got to get back to the swamp. Well, maybe Swamp Thing should stop intervening and like turning people's guns into into leaves. Swamp Thing like sticks his nose into things and then is annoyed when he has to deal with them. Also, I should say this scene between uh, Falco and um, Swamp Thing, they sort of hint a little bit at, and I think they kind of talk around like the idea of uh, being monstrous, being something you don't want to be and um, being turned into something that you had no intent on being. And there's maybe an interesting idea here, but they have no interest in in developing that at all. It's just like, I used to be a bird. And Swamp Thing's like, yes, that must be something. He's like, could you relate? And Swamp Thing's like, anyway, back to the swamp. Well, after they have this little conversation, 
a man in a demon mask jumps out of the woods <laughs> again and attacks Falco and like I it's just I love what, it. Where are these guys coming from? I love we we honestly we do we we have to do a count. I think I mentioned in the last podcast of all the different powers Swamp Thing has that don't really amount to much. And also we should also do a count of all the times weird little like demon freaks jump out of the forest and attack people because this is the second time it happened in the pilot. Yeah, I mean it's like the for- swamp is just crawling in like weird monsters and Swamp Thing's only like vaguely he's like oh yeah that's Toad Boy that's old Horn Face over there and uh, uh, he attacks. In like the least least exciting way possible, I have to say. They're like the action scenes are, are real. Yeah, bad. he like comes at Falco. Falco starts to choke him out, and Swamp Thing's like sort of standing over top of him, being like, "I don't know, man. You really want to kill someone? It's not it's not very cool." So Falco like lets go of the monster's throat, and the monster picks up a rock and smashes Falco in the head with it. And Swamp Thing doesn't intervene at all. <laughs> I like that. He does. I like that. It's like something's like you shouldn't like kill the guy, and you think there's gonna be a great moment where the guy's like he realizes some sort of humanity or something about himself that no, he's not going to be this murderer. He's going to uh, live a different life. But it's like, not really. That's not what happens. The guy knocks him out. And then Swamp Thing's like, huh. And then picks him up and moves him somewhere else. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad you took him to a resting place. Swamp Thing didn't try to talk that demon face down at all. He talked Falco down, but he just got a rock to the face for his effort. And he didn't deal with him at all. It's not like he didn't, he didn't fight the guy. He didn't, he didn't do his patent and turn him into a tree. He's just like, anyways, off you go there, uh, demon See boy. See you later, horned face. But yeah, <laughs> I love it. He picks up Falco's unconscious body. He walks for a few, for a little bit. And then Swamp Thing's like stops, puts him down because he's seen some flowers and Swamp Thing stops and starts smelling the flowers instead. I'm like, what is ha- What is going on here? Swamp Thing, <laughs> pay attention, like focus. But we, we cut to uh, Billy sitting over um, his grandmother's grave. Who? This is when we find out it's his grandma. Who? Oh, no, I wrote Billy. His name's Jim. I wrote Billy. <laughs> I'm only saying that, Jordan, Anyways, because I keep calling him Billy myself. It just feels like his name should be Billy. <laughs> I think I think maybe we've been calling him Billy. Anyways, Jim. Jim's sitting over the grave. We find out it's his grandmother. He's very upset. And did you catch the little Easter egg for fans there? Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. They go over one grave that uh, Swamp Thing has his hand on. It's Alec Holland, who is Swamp oh. Thing. Oh. But yeah, yeah, Swamp Thing's come to see Jim at his grave. He's sta- Jim's there. He's bent over. He's mourning the death of his grandmother. Swamp Thing shows up and he's just like, I don't know. Get over it, maybe. Well, I have a different uh, uh, read of the of the scene. Noticing that the grandmother was buried right beside Alec Holland, who is Swamp Thing, I think they were having an affair. <laughs> well, either way, Swamp Thing doesn't lead into it. Because, yeah, he just walks up. He's like, well, Jim, I think you should stop mourning now and move on. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean, Swamp Thing? That's Swamp Thing. That's his MO. He's like, anyways, you should just stop because, look, people die and you should just learn uh, that that's what happens. Anyways, back to the swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they cut from this bizarre scene to Dr. Arcane showing at Jim's mom's house to flirt with her, uh, as he always does. Yeah. And um, Jim's coming home. He sees that his mom's busy, like, I don't know, talking to Dr. Arcane about, like, whether they can do it in the kitchen or something, whatever Dr. Arcane talks about. And Jim's like, well, I guess I'll take my motorboat out uh, and just go for a little boat ride while they're busy making out. Uh, He heads out on the ride. He heads on his boat. And as we know about Jim, he cannot swim. He immediately falls off the boat and starts drowning. Yeah, it's funny because so what's happening is it's a real you're missing the the intricacies of how this is intercut, uh, Luke. 
goes, while Billy, uh, Billy, jeez, Jim is on the boat, Falcone is coming to seemingly, I guess, try to assassinate Arcane again. Is he? He seems to be watching from the swamp, like some sort of swamp thing. I think he is. I think what we're supposed to believe is that he's coming to kill Arcane, and he's looking in the window. He's being a little peeping Tom, and while he's looking, he also sees that Jim is in the boat, and Jim falls in, and he has to make a choice. What kind of man-bird do I want to be? Do I want to be a man-bird who gets revenge? Or do I want to be a man-bird who saves a child who's swimming? And he goes, I want to be a man-bird who saves a child swimming, but I can't get my arm wet. That's uh, <laughs> that's feathers, so I'm going to jump in the water and have it stick up the entire time so I can awkwardly barely swim over to this child, and there's no way I would be able to rescue him. But don't worry, he's able to get Billy, Jim, geez, and, and pull him to shore. Yeah, yeah, he gets Jim to shore, well, this is all happening, too, by the way. We're constantly cutting to Swamp Thing watching from the bushes. <laughs> just just watching. You know why? I, I, th- I think I realize what it is, though. You think, Swamp Thing, you're not intervening. But what it is is he's about working smart, not working hard. And he knows that if <laughs> Jim dies, he'll just resurrect him. That's true. That's true. Well, Falco gets Jim to the beach. And Swamp Thing does appear at this point. He's just like, move, Falco. I will now resurrect the boy. And Falco's like, no, I'm going to give him some very weak CPR. <laughs> he does. He gives He gives him because, again, he's stuck with his bird arm. So he has to do CPR with one arm. And it's just like he could barely do it. And Swamp Thing stands over him and is like, let me help. And he's like, no, I got it. And then Jim, like, wakes up. And I was like, Swamp Thing, you literally did nothing. Well... They send Jim back home. They're like, you're safe. Don't worry about this bird man, this man bird. No questions. That No dad questions, Jim. Just go home. <laughs> and Swamp Thing's just like, do you see now, Falco, that murder is not the answer because saving a life is just like flying like a bird. And Falco's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Falco says that. He's like, he's like, I, you know what? I never felt like a man and uh, I was a bird and uh, there was nothing quite like flying. Until I saved uh, this child. And that's exactly like flying. End of episode. Lesson learned. Well, that's not true. They hard cut to stock footage of a peregrine falcon flying around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's got that that little that little uh, call that all birds do in every I show. I think it's unfair to say the episode ends, Jordan. I would say the episode stops. It just like stops suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> that is classic Swamp Thing in this show is that that's how episodes end. They suddenly just stop and you go oh is is there is there more like no no halting go home it's a halting stop abruptly (laughs) (laughs) and then we get to episode 12 and you know what i like about this though luke we're watching these in order so we get the serialization it's true we got very lucky that we got 11 and 12 together so here's the end to be summary season one episode 12 from beyond the grave yeah about a year ago someone broke in here and uh, stole my mother's strong box her will of 35 years was in it. Well, since she knew it by heart, she had an exact duplicate drawn up. You have a copy of the previous will? Well, I'll get one. And I'll bet it doesn't say anything in it about the county. My mother did not like the way things have been going around here. She felt the town was trying to get too big too fast. Uh, growth by greed, she called it. When an attempt on Dr. Alec Holland's life leaves him consumed by deadly chemicals and fire, the swamps of Louisiana transform him into a superhuman creature hell-bent on ridding the swamp and the world of the evil that men do. Yeah, I noticed it was um, a synopsis of just the series as a whole, but I would argue also not what this show is about at all. The show should be called 
Jim and his mom live in a house by a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> also, swamp things there. Maybe call it Swamp Creep. He's always watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Anyway, you're right. This is a direct continuation of the previous episode. The family is still in mourning over the death of their grandmother. <laughs> and the episode sort of begins with a, a lawyer dropping by with grandma's will. And not only does he have grandma's will, Jordan, he also has a lot of unrealized backstory. And that he's just like, hey, Tressa, remember how we went to high school together? I sat near you and she's like, I don't remember you. And he's like, oh, it's me. I, we used to, you know, we kind of talked a couple of times. And they go to this long setup of like they knew each other and never comes back. It's better than that, Luke. What I think it is, is it, it feels like a rewrite if I thought the show actually had rewrites. But so what it is, is he shows up early in the morning. She's getting the paper. She's in her bathrobe. She's looking a little bit like um, she's she's not ready to receive someone. He shows up. He's like, I'm a lawyer, executive of the will. I need to come and talk to you. She goes, okay. Then he says, hey, I bet you don't remember me. I used to be your classmate. I really liked you, um, but you were like cool and I wasn't. I bet you don't remember me. And And she literally goes, she goes, nope, I don't remember you. Anyway, and then they continue with the scene. And it doesn't pay off to anything. But I love that he's like, I was the loser and you wouldn't remember me, do you? And she's like, nope. She's not interested still. Not still not interested, asks no follow-up questions, isn't like, oh, yeah, Jim, I remember uh, science class. H- how are you now? And it's like as a way to build up something or maybe even justify some of his actions later on because he's going to come back as a kind of character that has a little bit more to do in this episode. But the whole point of him really is it's setting up this episode, which is he has a will from the grandma. And what the will says is that basically Jim and the mom, Treza, Treza, her name, Tressa, I think, yes. um, They've both been cut out of the will and the house and all of her money and everything has been given to the town. So it's been donated. And what she's found is not only is that happening, but she's now being evicted by, I guess, the city. I don't know how this is happening so fast, but because she doesn't own the house. So she's being asked to leave, I guess, by the city. This is all happening uh, very quickly, maybe too quickly. Uh, I think Um, (laughs) maybe there's some uh, uh, some outside forces happening here. But anyways, the point is that. They're now in uh, some dire straits. Yes, yes. And Teresa and Jim immediately start having very strange dreams about their dead mother slash grandmother. And in them, grandmother is very menacing, giving weird smiles and like her hand is coming off and like people she's grabbing people from swamps. None of it seems like helpful. This is I mean, we could talk about this and, and kind of explain things a little bit. What we are going to find out is the reason Jim and tressa are both having these dreams is the grandma's trying to give them a message as the as the title of the episode is from beyond the grave blah 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 we'll explain it but you're right it doesn't add up at all because the first ones you get are like nightmares it's like jim starts trying to talk to his grandma and she's like not answering him then it's like creepy shots of her being like evil and we have other shots of that too like i like later on there's one where tressa's having a dream about the mom and she's like trying to find her and for some reason she finds like an arm in the water and it's like a, like a horror dream and then like things light up and fire and stuff and later on and, and then she's like this is just like my dream except that had like everyone was on fire and stuff anyways and they're just like i'm like but why why did you make these dreams so so bizarre it's not like they tried to make them like uh confusing or esoteric or sort of dreamy in that way that dreams can be right where things don't quite make sense it's not like that like they're actually horror dreams and then at the end when you realize it's the grandma giving them a message it's like is she doing it from hell? Is that why? 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. She went to hell, so that's kind of the problem. I mean, as the dreams go on, what we'll come to find out is, like, she's always singing the same song about, like, there's a ship in a hole. If mm-hmm. you look in the hole, you find my will. Do, 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 do. Yeah. That's basically the song. <laughs> that's basically, I like, that is basically what the song is. It's like, there's a hole in the swamp. And that hole has my will. Go find it. <laughs> it's just like, I'm like I wonder what, whatever the mystery is. <laughs> anyway, so this will keep coming back over the course of the episodes. They just keep having these dreams. This song is the hints around something. Yeah. But anyway, in the waking world, Teresa's, you know, she's a little distraught. She's like going to lose the house. They're going to have to move back to Philly. She goes back into the woods to have one of her, or the swamp to have one of her classic thinks. And she sits down <laughs> on a log and her emerald necklace her emerald heart necklace is now also hanging from the tree she's sitting to, uh, does she just remember where it was or does anytime she go in the swamp does she like encounter that necklace it seems weird to me on a separate note that she hasn't discovered swamp thing yet because he's always like a foot away from her and he doesn't do a very good job of hiding and also she must have at some point heard one of these adventures from jim he's a liar he's a liar that's true it's true i take it back at any rate yeah she sees this she comes home we don't see the reasons why but for whatever reason this trip to the forest made her call dr arcane to come by and dr arcane drops in he's just like hey called around looked into that will it's ironclad there's no way out of it i'm sorry you're gonna lose the house and then he drops this out of nowhere he's just like but i don't understand the problem uh your mom said you're extremely wealthy (laughs) that you took your husband for everything in the divorce and like you don't need money anymore I know that was a great line. I was—it was just like, yeah, I heard your ex-husband was rich and you took it all. So, like, what's the problem? I'm, you're not getting hurt by this deal. Not that I'm doing something nefarious, but you're not going to get hurt by this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we are always suspicious of Doctor Arcane, but this throw-in line that it just like, also, you're extremely wealthy. I was just like sitting there, I'm like, okay, just buy the house back then. What do you? What's the problem, Teresa? <laughs> Yeah, and then, but I like, again, everything is just so obvious in this show, and I know it's a kid's show, so you have to allow a little bit, but he's like, anyways, the will's good, you can't, there's nothing you can do about it, why he's telling her about the will, we don't know. Um, well, he, she apparently called him for advice or something, Yeah, that seems to be the thing. Well, he, she, he's a doctor, and she's like, he must know. He, it's not like he just makes freaks in a cave, um, and she's like, well, that's weird, because I know that my uh, my mom has a copy of the will and it's in a lockbox and that will gives everything to me and all i need to do is uh find it but that lockbox was stolen at some point but i think there's a copy i was like what you know this is what she said she's like one year ago a burglar broke into my mom's house <laughs> and stole the lockbox with her will but then i know my mom wrote it down because she remembered it and i was just like okay where's this going and she's like she knows that can't be the real will because her mom hated the county. She'd never give her stuff to the county. And then Dr. Arcane's like, okay, why did you call me here? And she's like, I don't know. And then he storms out. But I was like, why did she call him there? What, what was the, why did she call him? Because <laughs> she did. And then he goes to the lawyer, this guy we've seen before from the beginning of the episode. And he's basically like, uh, who, by the way, I assume this lawyer up to this point thinks everything is above board. And Arcane comes in and is like, so apparently there's another copy of this will. I'm going to need you to go kill uh, Tressa. Because, oh, he also, he's like, also, I doubt she's going to date me at this point. So let's just kill her. And the guy's like, whoa, what? I, I don't do that. And he's like, yeah, you're going to do it. And the guy's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, oh, don't you have a family? I'm going to kill them if you don't do it. Essentially, he says. And then explain this one part to me. Is this a donut or a stuffed animal? But he takes something at the very end and just shoves it in the guy's mouth. 
What, what what was happening there? I'm not sure. I think it was just a donut or something. He's like, eat this donut now. Yeah, the whole thing is weird. Like, the lawyer's like, I helped you fake a will. And it's like, no, kill her. He's like, um, he's like, do it. He's like, okay, I'll do it. And um, what he doesn't say to him, by the way, um, is how you should kill her is with bow and arrow. But apparently that's what he takes from it. I know. The fact that he, ch- he chose his weapon as bow and arrow. And he's <laughs> like, what is this? We need to talk about Kevin. Then we cut to... Uh, something that we didn't see, which is, um, by the way, I'm still in my notes writing Billy. I can't believe I keep writing Billy. Jim comes running and Swamp Thing's like, what are you running for? No need to ever rush in the swamp. Just be like me and stroll and sit and stare. And uh, Jim's like, hey, this uh, a bald, bald lawyer guy who I think the viewer knows was just chasing me. And uh, and I, and we're like, what? We didn't see that scene at all. And, and Swamp Thing's like, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't make a note of it because I'm like I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, but it's just it's just a scene to be like, oh, the guy's chasing him now, and you're but you don't see it, and there's no it doesn't matter at all. So um, he tells Swamp Thing that he keeps um, dreaming about his grandma, and the and uh, and that she's telling about this song and the ship, and and Swamp Thing's like, huh. You might want to think about that, kid. Anyways, back to yeah, the swamp. <laughs> unhelpful, unhelpful. I mean, finally, Teresa and Jim reveal to each other they've both been having this song, this dreams of grandma singing them a song. And um, Tressa's like, I've heard that song in my dream too, but uh, why don't you sing it first, Jim? Because I, I def, but I definitely know it. And this is the point where they calls back to that episode because Jim's like, I don't want to sing it. Remember how grandma told me I have a tin ear? She really belittled me and like broke my confidence. <laughs> I don't feel like singing it. And Tress has to like work it out of him. So he sit and he sings a song about like, go look for a ship in the swamp. That's where you'll find my will. <laughs> and she's like, well, let's go walk around in the swamp till we find the ship. But I'll just say right before this, when this scene happens, it, it doesn't explain why. Tressa goes looking for the will at the house, but as everyone would do, if you're looking in your own house for something, when you would choose to do it is in the middle of the night with a flashlight. She's doing it in her own home. Why she is walking around with a flashlight, it's just for like a fake jump scare where Jim surprises her, but why is she doing this? Why wouldn't she just look during the day or after the the lawyer visited, not days later at night with a flashlight? Anyways, it doesn't matter. They need to look for what I'm going to say a ship in the swamp and what they find is something that if you squint and kind of use your imagination (laughs) sort of looks like the approximation of the shape of something that could be on the water yeah no they find a dead tree that generously could be described as sort of shaped (laughs) maybe like a ship (laughs) well what it could say is it could be anything you could have said a castle you could have said a pyramid you could have said I don't know, a person crouching over. That's what it looks like. It's just like, guys, set deck. You could have done something to make it look like a ship. But anyways, it looks exactly like ship from their dreams. Yeah. She shoves her hand into the dead tree, pulls out the real will, and then Jim says, oh, yeah, I remember Grandma went to the swamp the day before she died and shoved that will in there. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> why, why they had to have that line of jim knowing where the will was the whole time I, i'm gonna say this and i don't know how, how to say this in a nice way jim might have like a learning disability of some sort i don't know what is happening on this show it's so bizarre i was just like what what are you what yeah and uh, i don't even know if i think it's intercut but there's also the guy um is uh is chasing them with a bow and arrow we should say that the lawyer guy he's chasing them with a bow and arrow he only shoots it once at them 
and he misses and hits Swamp Thing right in the chest. Swamp Thing pulls out the arrow out of his chest and is like, huh. Anyway, back to the swamp. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, this is like, they find the will, and it's at this point that the lawyer shows up. He's carrying a bow and arrow. He, like, Jim walks right past him. Neither of them notice each other, and then Jim turns around and sees him with a bow and arrow, so he throws, like, a stick at him. And, like, this 11-year-old throws a stick at him, and it's so, it hits him so hard he falls over. And that's, you know, that's when the bow and arrow hits Swamp Thing. They start running. The lawyer chases after them, and then, like... I think you could argue that Swamp Thing intervenes, but how it's cut is just like he runs into the swamp and an alligator attacks him. And I was just like, I don't think Swamp Thing was involved. No, but it's even weirder because the weird editing of this show, what we see is the guy goes into the swamp and you see a crocodile or alligator. I don't know what is in the area. Come Alligator, I think, comes up to him and you're like, oh, no, he's going to get his just desserts. But then as the crocodile gets closer, we have just a shot of it. Like, obviously, it's it's not filmed together. And it looks like something smacks the water or hits the alligator, but it cuts right at that moment. And I was like, wait, did Swamp Thing hit it? Did, did it intervene? Was that it supposed to be biting the guy? We, we will never find out. Yeah, I mean, I think what they had is stock footage of an alligator. I think just as it's like opening or closing its mouth, but it's just so quick, it doesn't make sense. And there's no further, like, it's not like you see a body floating in the water. You're just left to assume the alligator attacked the lawyer, I guess. But it's okay because right after that, um, we cut to Arcane in his little um, uh, cavern with freaks with no shirt on. And he's like ranting in like, shakespearean couplets what yeah, is he doing i think he's reading a shakespearean monologue out loud shirtlessly apropos of nothing <laughs> yeah again uh, the note i wrote and i've written it multiple times uh through these episodes is what is happening so he's just like it's like the actor was like i want to do this like scene and they're like all right sure we have a minute to to waste so he does that he's angry then they go to grandma's grave the uh the mom and son and they're like hey thanks Thanks for uh, uh, being a grandma. And then we we show a hat. Yeah, the, the camera hat the camera that? pans down behind the grave, and there there's a hat. <laughs> I don't know whose hat it is. Is it Swamp Thing's hat? I think she might have been wearing it in one of the dreams, but like it just. But I even still, I'm like to to what end? <laughs> I know you're like you're like oh, it was the hat the whole time. The hat was the culprit. I mean, it's all crazy. Going back to that Shakespearean monologue. It felt like it was out of a different episode and they needed to like fill 30 seconds because it just didn't <laughs> relate to anything that was happening. Yeah, it's this show is wild. I'll say this for it. Look, it's not good. We know it's not good. And it's fun to kind of talk about, make fun of. But it will always keep you guessing <laughs> in the least exciting way possible because the only thing I know that's consistent in this show is that Swamp Thing does not want to be bothered, and he'll just turn around and walk away any anytime he's needed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is... It's so generous to call the show Swamp Thing. Yeah, he's he's ambivalent at best. He's he's just like... He's like a set dressing. Like, you could call... Honestly, the show should be Tress and Jim and their adventures in the swamp, but even saying adventures is too much. It's just them living by the swamp. And Swamp Thing happens to be there. He's just like a neighbor. Does he do anything? No. Does he give advice? No. Does he intervene? No. He's just not there. He's just he's just a, a character who walks around. I mean, it truly is. It makes sense that he's the first build actor, but like it's just the Doctor Arcane show. That's what it is. Yeah, and even he doesn't get much in this episode. He gets to do his Shakespearean monologue, and he gets to um uh, tell the one guy 
that uh, he should go kill Tressa because she won't date him anymore. I mean, he, that's about he has it. It's a hit on Tressa. He loves to do that. That's true. He is so horny. It's very upsetting. <laughs> at least, at least it's something. At least it's a character trait. What does Swamp Thing have? Nothing. Literally ambivalence. Yeah, that's it. All right, Jordan. Let's rate these episodes. What do you want to give Falco? I have to say, I'm going to give, as I've been, I think, generous ratings to this show. I'm getting an extra point because I like that bird arm. Um, this episode doesn't make a lot of sense, but I do lo- like that um, saving a child from drowning is just like flying as a bird. Four to ten. Four to ten. I do kind of agree in that like the man playing Falco, the actor's doing way more than he has any reason to do with this role. The reveal that he's just like, I'm not a man who was turned into a bird. I'm a bird who was turned into a man. That reveal was so <laughs> funny. And then, yeah, the entire, like, saving him sequence at the end, also very funny. Um, I'm going to go three. Nice. Nice. And then from beyond the grave. I'm going to argue at all times this episode doesn't make sense. And it also is the most interesting of the episodes in terms of what they're trying to do with the dreams. Now, I don't think they work at all, but they're trying to do something experimental with the dreams. Again, it doesn't work. They have these dumb sepia tone. You can't see anything. But for whatever reason, this episode tickled me. I liked it more than the other ones. I like that they finally found this ship that doesn't look like a ship and, and, and Jimino the whole time, which could have just cut the episode to 30 seconds. I'm going to give it my highest rating so far, 4.5. And I just wrote best episode question mark. That's very funny. I found this one to be more of a slog. I don't disagree. The dreams are trying to do something like a little more experimental, but the, there's so many dreams. Like it's just like, for a show that has no, like, basically feels like it has two page outlines, this one was just like, oof, we really have to fill time in this one. So a lot of dreams, I guess. Um, so it was, it was more of a drag that I felt. And like, the lawyer villain with his bone, like, there's no threat level. Swamp thing once again, nothing to do. I don't know. I, it didn't work for me. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two. So two. I think really right now, all the ratings for the first four episodes that we watched. They're really, they've had one high, one seven, I think you gave it, but they're really hitting in that two to four range, which I think is pretty fair for this show. Uh, yeah, honestly, you said it earlier that you're probably being too generous. I, I do, if I really think about it, I think we're probably even at a two or occasionally being too generous with this show, but there, there's yeah. a vague, weird charm to it, but it doesn't justify the existence of this show. <laughs> I would agree. There's something kind of, and I don't know if it's like it's like watching a train wreck happen because it's not really that campy and it's not really that fun and it's not that interesting. But there's something somewhat endearing about it. It's like watching, I don't know, uh, someone who's hopeless trying at something because I don't know. I can't tell if like no one cared or someone cared and was really bad at making a television show. I don't know what it is, but it is a bit of a train wreck. But it's so far I'm... I'm weirdly entertained more so than maybe i should be but maybe it's just because they're so fluffy and so quick and nothing matters it's just like here's a half hour a swamp thing is just gonna walk away there you go i think i just like talking about them more than i actually like watching them as part of it i definitely once we're talking about it's kind of fun to be like what was that but like watching them is maybe not quite the same experience it reminds me of like being a child on saturday morning and like there's a cartoon you really like and then there's like just a half hour of garbage, but the cartoon you like is also on after that. So you kind of just like lit Swamp Thing yeah. run in between them. It's, and like you are there, you're present, but you like 
don't you're it, it's just filling time until you get to the next thing you want to watch and i think maybe that was um uh, the goal of the show they're like hey maybe some kid won't change the channel during this as they wait for gi joe or whatever was on next yeah i got a Darkwing duck on soon that's right that's right yeah well that is it for this episode i think so let me tell you about bonus episodes for charity you've heard it before you'll hear it again but uh we're skipping through these shows. Best ofs only give us three episodes of each season, so we're missing a lot of episodes. And then, you know, as usual, we take the escape pod occasionally, jump out of a tech war, jump out of a misfits of science, miss a few episodes near the end of the thing, uh, the thing being that series. But if you are like, I'd love to go back, I'd love to revisit that series, I had a fun time listening to it, I wonder what this one weird episode was about, you can get us to go back and watch that by donating to charity giving to a good cause, and getting a bonus episode uh, for your trouble. We can find out what happened, how the mom came back, and then uh, the grandma raised Jim for a bit and then died. We can we can fill in all the backstory to make these episodes make more sense. Yeah, the only problem is they seem to be out of order, so if you can throw a dart <laughs> on a dartboard to figure out which episode that happened in, you'd be, it'd be a miracle. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to see the grandma in a later episode. I also feel like we're going to encounter this grandma alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> but all you got to do is you go to your website continuumdrag.podbean.com you'll see a list of charities as picked by past guests these are the official charities i mean they're not official they're definitely the unofficial charities of continuum drag but yeah do a donation to one of those let us know which episode you'd like us to watch and do a bonus episode of and we'll, we'll go ahead and do that so check the website for all the details or send us an email continuumdrag at gmail.com and we can fill you in on all the information if you have any questions before you do your donation so you make sure you got it right because you know Maybe you do a donation and then you realize we can't find that episode online. So uh, we can't do that episode. <laughs> Maybe you want to make sure you we can find that episode before you do the donation. I don't know. I don't know what you want. But that's a, that's a problem that could come up. Uh, at any rate, that's something you could do. And something you'll definitely want to do is go to our social media. Because we're going to have clips from these episodes of Swamp Things. Wouldn't it be great, Luke, if all we did was every clip from from now on till the end of us our run is just swamp thing not helping that we we never cut any action scenes there's nothing interesting it's just someone going hey swamp thing he goes deal with it and then walks away just day after day that would be wonderful jordan what action scene would i cut there's there don't exist (laughs) uh it's true well there's you got um a a cpr scene (laughs) that's true that's true i do honestly jordan i know for facts i've pulled the clips from this there is one clip that is just Swamp Thing, and he, like, rolls his eyes, and that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is more emotion than uh, we usually get from him. So you can find that on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The handle there is at Continuing Reg. You can go see the best of Swamp Thing clips. That's what you'll find there. Mm-hmm. But that wraps up for this episode. So, listener, thank you for joining us. And, Jordan, I will see you next week. I'll see you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario, and Seoul, South Korea. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dalek and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes. <laughs>